Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. God is so good and just, you know, Christmas here at Springs is just an opportunity to magnify Jesus, to celebrate the one who came just for me, just for you. As the kids sang, the best present ever. For God so loved the world, John 3:16, that he gave For God so loves you so much. We don't even know how much God loves us. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves us. What is everlasting life? Ever thought about that? What does everlasting life mean? That's a big word. You know, we think about heaven, we think about eternity, and we go, man, I'm so glad this isn't my home. I've got a mission, I've got a purpose here, but yes, everlasting life means eternity with our Father, eternity with the one who loves us so much, that even when we made a big mistake, that he loved us so much, he never wanted to leave us. And he gave us everything we ever could have ever dreamed of. And Jesus answered what everlasting life is. In John 17, 3, he said, And this is eternal life, that they may know you. What's eternal life? Yes, it's heaven. Yes, it's salvation. Yes, yes, yes. But if you want to squeeze every ounce of life out of life, you got to know the author of life. You got to know the one who breathes life, the one who speaks life. And we can know him because if Jesus said, I can know him, I can know him. Jesus don't lie. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There is no lies in God. There's no confusion. And he said, this is eternal life, that they may know you. It's a choice to know somebody. It's a choice to put someone above yourself and want to hear their perspective, their opinion, their feelings about things. And it just so happens that God is the ultimate (laughs) opinion, truth, source of everything we need. And yet this world wants you to not know him. Everything in this world is about trying to make you think you can't know him. Everything in this world is anti-God because the Bible says Satan is the God of this world. And I think that's pretty evident when you look around at the hurt, the confusion, the pain, people searching to know things, not realizing they're really searching for their father. They're on the right, they're on the right pursuit, but they've just gotten caught up in things that are lying to them. And that's why the church exists. That's why Jesus came to redeem. And we can choose to know God that we could know the one true God. You know, Joseph, when he found out that Mary was pregnant, 
That's pretty controversial, y'all. He's betrothed to Mary, and he finds out Mary's pregnant, and he's like, what is going on? And the Bible says that he was thinking about some things. He was trying to figure out what he should do next. What do I know about this situation? And an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Can we say that name together? Jesus. What a name. Jesus. For he will save his people. He will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, this past year, I just, I keep coming back to God with us. And I haven't spoken on it yet this last year, but I feel like all year God's been saying, Eden, I'm with you. I'm with you. And he's saying that to every single one of us. We are all his sons and daughters. And Jesus came to save his people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) He is with us. Amen. And you know, when I get in the thick of things, when I get caught up in situations, when I get caught up in myself, which happens a lot to all of us, so don't try to make me think you're perfect, because we're all human, but God loved us so much that he became one of us. If I was God, I wouldn't choose a human. (laughs) We're messy. Left to our own devices, we make messes. If you've got children, you know what I mean. And it it starts young, but it continues well into adulthood. You don't think you make a mess, but you make a mess. You make a mess of your relationships. You make a mess of what you think purpose and identity is. You know, when you are left to your own devices, it's very clear to me when I have tried to lead my own life and I've tried to just know what I think, because that's what the world praises. Well, what you think, what you feel, that's the truth. That's what's going to set you free. Go deeper. Go deeper. Why do you feel that way? Oh, yeah. And we, what do we do? We're magnifying ourselves. What do we do? We're turning ourselves into God. That's really what pride is. Pride is turning your back on the one who gave his son. And yet God doesn't shame us. He knows his creation. He knows what we're capable of without him. He knows that we needed a savior because we we think we know better and we make a mess. But thank the Lord above that he saw our need before we were even there and he provided the answer. He provided all that we need for life. And we have to wake up as people, as children of God, as believers, 
whosoever believes in Jesus, that it doesn't just all happen in that moment. There is a process that we need to walk out in this life on earth of knowing the one true God. You want to know what's so cool is he knows you. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, your mom and dad had something to do with getting you here, but who formed you? God formed you. I don't even take credit for my children. I don't take credit for the ability to have children. Who gave me that? God. Literally everything that's good comes from him, the word says. Everything that's perfect comes from him. And we got to run from the world's way of thinking. We've got to oppose violently this idea of magnifying ourselves and being so good at things like dad talked about two weeks ago that the world makes you think you have to have it all together and so we fake it till we can make it but you weren't meant to just figure it out on your own you were meant to know the one true God but that's your choice it's your choice what you choose to know you know when I got to know my husband I had to choose to put time in, to want to understand him. It is the same with God. He can't just, boom, download everything. Here's who I am. And that wouldn't be a relationship. That wouldn't be a family. Family, the fun of it is, is loving and laughing and doing life together and learning and growing. And God is the perfect father. If you've not had a father, if you've had a messy father, God is the perfect father. None of us have had perfect dads. But God's my father. God's your father. Wouldn't have my dad or my mom without my father God. It's all good gifts from him. What, what his plan was, was good. But Adam and Eve made a choice, and yet God said, I'm going to be with them. I'm not going to leave them. I'm not going to forsake them because for God so loves the world. Every single human is his child. Every single human he knew before he formed them in the womb, he knew them. He had plans and purposes like we heard about Legacy Sunday. And, and there's a plan and there's a purpose, but you can't do it in and of yourself. And you are not called to do it to impress your Father God and look at what I can do and look how I fix this and fix that. And it's a mirage. It's a <laughs> this idea that, that we're on our own and that we know things and that we can figure it out. It is... It is a stumbling block. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. You research pride. You research it in the word and you ain't, you're going to run from pride. <laughs> you're like, I don't want anything to do with magnifying myself or taking any of the credit because Psalms 100, 3 to 5 says, know that the Lord, he is God. Know it. You need to know. If you want to live eternal life, if you want to squeeze every ounce of life, God wants that for you. I want to make that clear. God wants, Jesus came to give you life, John 10, 10, and life more abundant. So that's his purpose. That's his plan. That's what he's provided. It's ready for you, fully ready. But we have to know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. I find it interesting that David, 2,000 years ago, had to tell people, hey guys, you didn't make yourself. 
Quit acting like you know what you're doing and what you, what you think you got things going on. Know that the Lord is God, guys. He made us. And I find it fascinating that humans have always been humans. <laughs> that the way we are today, we haven't changed. But what we can be when we don't leave the presence of the one who made us, what we can do when we know who we are in Christ and we show up and we say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, like Jesus modeled for us so beautifully, is incredible. It's incredible, but we have to make a decision. I'm going to know God. I'm going to know that it's not me. I, I, like, there's this balance because God says we're his workmanship, we're his masterpiece, but you don't worship the workmanship, right? So there's this balance. You are beautiful. You are amazing. But if you get caught up in yourself, you're getting your priorities out of whack. Because of who you are is because of who he is. You are made in his likeness. You are made in his image. The one you should be thanking, the one I should be thanking is the one who loves me so much that he did make me so beautifully. But my, my uh, source is him, not me. My everything that comes out of life and goodness and love and joy, I can't find that in myself. I can't find that in the world. I can't find that from my favorite pastor. I find it by having a relationship with the one who made me and loves me and has given me everything I need for life. And I have to get that straight. You have to get that straight in your life. It says, we are his people. Amen. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Which pasture you want to eat from? I ain't eating from this world's pasture. Whew, been there, done that. We all have. We've all, we've all faltered. We've all found ways where we just get caught up in a distraction or someone makes you think this is the way and you go, no, 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 no. I'm his people. I eat from his pasture. <laughs> The pasture that's green, the pasture that has that still waters. And that's what we step into when we know God, when we choose his pasture, when we say, I'm his child. Daniel 11.32, a verse that has just leapt in my heart lately, is the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Amen. You feel greatness inside of you. You know when you dream of things? You dream of being that parent that you, oh, I just, I know I can do it, but I'm trying to figure out how. And, and oh, why, like, I don't want to argue so much with my spouse. I know, like, you feel the greatness inside of you. God says he's put eternity inside of the heart of every man and woman. That's why everyone's searching to know real life, and they can have it when they receive Jesus. You were called for great exploits. You were made for great exploits. That is a God-given desire to be all that you can be, to succeed, to prosper, to live in health. You got to show up for it in the right source, in the right way. When you know God, the people who know their God, they are strong. Why? Because he is strong. Not because of me. Because he is strength. And they will do great exploits. I love that. Dad talked about that two weeks ago. You have a plan. And even if the last couple chapters you've been walking away from him, 
There is no shame or condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So get out of yourself and get into Jesus and go, I'm going to forget what was behind and I'm going to live those chapters. I'm going to live the chapters that God has made for me. Because the enemy wants you to feel shame and condemnation all the time. But when you know who God is, you can say no to those feelings. The second they try to rise up, you say no. That is a lie. That is the world's way of thinking. That is me edifying myself. And I'm not called to edify myself. I'm called to magnify the Lord. And as I magnify him, he gets bigger and bigger to me. Magnifying him doesn't make him bigger. He's already as big as he needs to be. He already loves you as much as he needs to love you. You're not trying to convince him to love you more. You need to just stay in his love. You need to just know the one true God. Because as you know him, you start changing what you once thought, what's, what you once believed, what, what you once felt. You start telling those feelings to submit to who you are in Christ. And you make a choice. Another thing God has blessed me with this year is the power of a decision. He's woken me up to that. Eden, quit waiting around for someone to do something for you or for me to do and decide I'm with God. Decide, Eden. Decide I'm with him. And when you decide and you surrender and you get pride out of the way, all right, I got nothing to say. I got nothing to show for me. God's the one who can be like, look at what I made. <laughs> I didn't make it. So I need to get off my high horse because we all, we all go there. We all go there at times. And there's this balance to, wow, God, look how you made me. But I give you the glory. I'm so grateful for how you made my children, for how you blessed me with the ability to have children. It's, it's his ability. It's his power. It's his strength. It's his creation. And we get to enjoy it simply because he loves us. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. What are we beholding? The glory of God. We don't behold anything else. And if you behold something because it's beautiful and it's good, as you're beholding it, you go, thank you, God. Because he made what's good. Because he made what's perfect. As you're blessed by the music on stage and it's just beaten and the violin and the drums, you're like, thank you, God, for music. Because he made music. Thank you, God, for the gifts you put in my brothers and sisters in Christ. That blesses me. Literally, we have so much to be thankful for all the time when we understand that I'm not God. He's God. All you can do is go, wow. It's just that one revelation, that power of a decision that I can know him and I am going to spend every moment of my day and of my life just learning of him. Because the beautiful thing, and dad would say this all the time, was um, it's going to take an eternity for God to show us how good he is. And like just when you thought you knew what healing meant, just when you thought you might know what joy feels like, you turn a corner and you go, whoa! that's God? That's how much you love me? I'm telling you, it's the most amazing thing. And even in the middle of darkness and a situation, you start to realize, wow, I identified with problems before. You know, oh, let me tell you what's happening in my life. We, we talk about the problems. We talk about the stress and we magnify them. We edify them. But then you go, oh, wait, 
I don't want to find myself with the storm (laughs) when I can find myself with him. He is with me, God with us, and he ain't going nowhere. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Want to know why? Because he doesn't want to leave you. Never do I want to leave you, Eden. I just love you so much. That's what he's saying to you. You put your name in there. I personalize the things of God because that love letter, that Bible is written with your name on it. It's written to you. It's a pursuit of love. All of the Old Testament was God pursuing us. He wanted to be with us and trying to have a bloodline to send his perfect son through because he didn't want evil to take over the world because we can see in the Old Testament what man does when they don't have God, when they're not surrendered to him. We are messy, but yet he became one of us to save us because he knew we could never get our act together without him. That's how much he loves us, that he didn't even try to force us to figure it out, that he went, okay, I'm dad. I've got this. I love you. You're my kids. I'm going to show you. You're going to have to participate, right? We got to make decisions. We got to choose to let go of pride. We got to choose to let go of trauma. We got to choose to let go of some of the things we've allowed to define us. And we get to decide. And as we know him, I didn't even finish the verse with you. (laughs) Beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed. Can you say amen? We are being transformed. What happens when you glorify God, when you keep him in your view and you magnify him above all else and you take every feeling to him and every thought and you examine what you think a marriage is, nope, you let the Lord teach you what a marriage is through his word. You, you know, you don't pick up on the habits of your parents or your grandparents. You're going to have those things in you, but you need to surrender them to God because what does God say? Cast your cares, all of them, every single one of them, hurl them onto him and let him carry them because he cares for you. And as you get to know him, what does he do? He transforms you. The who you thought you were, what you, I don't even recognize who I was in my 20s. As I've allowed to just let God change me, I go, I'm like, I'm so sorry, mom and dad, for, (laughs) or I'm so sorry, friends, for how caught up I was in myself. And I loved God. I did love God. But that's the adventure, is what you think you know in your 20s as you keep pressing into God. You're like, wow, what I thought humility was. Wow, it's so much more. What I thought grace was. So there's no shame or condemnation, but the Bible calls us to mature. The Bible calls us to not stay babies in Christ. We shouldn't need milk forever. We need milk in the beginning, but then we mature and we eat meat. We get, we get to the hearty stuff. We get to change. We get to grow. And I'm so grateful that he transforms us because I'm not who I was. And I know so many of you can say that today in your journey with Christ. Man, I'm not who I was. And he's still going to keep changing me because I'm not perfect. But the more I surrender to him, I can get better at letting go of imperfections, of letting go of sin and not letting it have a hold on me because I find myself in him. So you're being transformed into the same, what are you being transformed into? Into Jesus. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. 
It's his spirit. It's his presence in you. God with us, God in us. I don't even have time to preach on that today. That's a whole nother preaching of God in you and and the power and the authority. But I just wanted to ring the bell today on he is with you. He is with you. He is with you. The creator of heaven and earth, the one who, who is power and light and life and joy. And there is no reason that you shouldn't be walking in health. There is no reason that you shouldn't be having joy unspeakable. The only reason would be you, would be me. And I go, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. And I love Pastor Leon's definition of repentance. It's in the word. You realize you're going away that, man, this is not the right way. (laughs) And repentance is like, hang on. I'm going to change directions here. And you just say, Lord, I'm sorry. He doesn't need you to say sorry. It's really for you to make that proclamation. I'm changing. This is not who I want to be. And I thank you that you give me the power to change. It's not in my own efforts. It's as I find myself with you and I keep myself in your presence and I know that I can know you. Psalms 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence, many of you know this, is fullness of joy. Not in my presence, not in your presence, not in your favorite pop celebrity or politician or whatever. It's great. God made great people, and there's people doing great things across this earth. But who does great exploits? The people who know their God. And it's in his presence and you can stay in his presence. Amen? You don't have, some of you say, I love coming to church on Sundays, and I feel you. There is something special about the body of Christ gathering. There is an anointing on that. The Bible talks about do not forsake gathering together and encouraging each other. There is something special. But you can have that presence everywhere you go. You don't have to wait for Sunday. You don't have to wait for those special moments where everything lines up. You can have that, and he wants you to have that every moment, every bedtime, every morning, every meeting, every conversation with your child, with your spouse. But you're only going to find fullness of joy in his presence, in knowing he is with me. He is with me, and I need to live out of that knowledge the knowledge that he is with me. And that is the knowledge of the one true God that sets me free when I know the truth. And who is the truth? Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. So I can know him. He calls me to know him. I have to say no to everything else and say yes to him because in his presence is fullness of joy. How do we stay in his presence? Psalms 100 continues. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I think I modeled that for you. You start to realize that everything good I should thank him for. You literally could have something every 10 minutes, every half an hour. And I've started experimenting with this. And I've started doing it out loud in front of my kids. And they start doing it now. We'll be on a walk. And I'll just say, oh, thank you, God, for fresh air. Thank you, God, for the sun. Thank you, God, for my children. Thank you, God, that we have legs. We can walk. Whatever it is you have, thank him for it. Because as you thank him, it magnifies him and it changes you. There are things you don't like about yourself. Those are not the things God put in you. Those are things you've cultivated over your life. And you can get rid of them with his power by thanking him, entering his gates. So if I keep thanking him, I never leave his gates. 
Amen? If I keep thanking him, I never leave him. And he never leaves you. But isn't this fascinating? You can be with someone and not really be with them. You can be in the room with someone. I've done this. You've probably done this. My husband's like, Eden, I was talking to you. Oh, sorry. You were? Sorry, say it again. Totally missed it. Like if I had to like do a test, I'd fail miserably. Like I couldn't even think of one word you just said. Like literally we are not in the presence of that person even though they are in the room with us. And I find it fascinating that God is in us when we invite him into our life and we believe on Jesus. But yet we have so much power in our decisions that he can be with us and we're not even choosing to experience him. That's wild to me. Because he's given you so much autonomy. He's given you so much responsibility over your life. So give it to him. Give him it all back and say, Lord, none of this is mine. Who I am, who you made me to be. I don't want to make a step. I don't want to make a decision without your love, your joy, without knowing who you made me to be. And you can live that way. Even in the mistakes, even in the mess ups, he's never condemning you. He's saying, come on, get back up. Come on, I'll show you. Just listen a bit closer this time, Eden. You got distracted over there. I'm right here. Okay, Lord, say it again. And he will. Say it again, Lord. What did I miss? And he will speak right to you because he knows you better than you know yourself. So he's the best person to learn about you. He knows your children. There's no reason. This is why I believe God says, do not fear. Do not not worry. Why? I am with you. That's what he says in the word. And some people go to me, well, I just don't think that's possible, Eden. And I said, don't say that. You make the Bible your standard. And if God says that I cannot worry, then I'm choosing that because I've been worrying for many days now. (laughs) And uh, the power of a decision. And sometimes you need to make the decision over and over and over again, but it doesn't make it any less powerful. It's still a decision that you make for today. And a new storm pops up and you go, I will not fear because he is with me and he's in me and he's going to teach me what to say and how to feel and what to believe. And when you surrender fully, that's when the real fun begins. That's when the great, great exploits. Look at Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at Moses. Look at Peter. Look at Paul. Those are some pretty great exploits because they knew their God. And they even faltered. God came along, and what did he do? He didn't slap them upside the head. He encouraged them. What did he encourage them with? Tell them, I am is with you. Tell them, I am. And he, he'd always encourage them in who he was. Eden, just remember your source. Eden, you don't have to figure this out. This isn't your strength. This is my strength in you. And you go, thank you, Lord, that you're always reminding me of what is truth, of what is strength, of what is life, and that I can live there. So we live there with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Mercy. Mercy upon mercy he has for us. His mercies are new every morning. And his truth endures to all generations. Don't you give up on a generation. Don't you think that God can't reach our young people with all the things they're dealing with from the world? The truth endures. How is it going to endure? If we don't shut up. We are his voice. We are his hands and his feet. And as we know him, the great exploits we do, 
is to save a generation for him, is to let them know that there is a God who loves you and has given you everything you need. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always. You just memorized one of the shortest verses in the Bible and probably one of the most important. Rejoice always. When you know your God, you realize, I always have a reason to rejoice. And when you start rejoicing, mountains start leveling, valleys start filling, and you start realizing it's about him. It's about his presence, about his strength. It's about his power, his spirit. But I have to make the decision. I have to speak the word. I have to say, Lord, I show up as your child, and you are my dad. And you are going to lead me and you are going to guide me and you're going to hold me by the hand, the word says. And you start speaking that because quit speaking the other stuff. Quit giving power to the circumstance and the crummy feelings and the, you got power in those lips. God says it all through his word. And he will be there in the moment that you call. He is there, the word says, because he's with us. He's with us. He's not going anywhere. So we got to start acting like it. Amen? Amen. God's calling us to great exploits at Springs Church. And we can jump on the bandwagon together because the great things that he's called us to do as a church is beyond our wildest expectations. And as we all pursue him in our own relationship, as we know him, can you imagine the great exploits we do as a company of people? It just gets me excited. <laughs> just gets me excited. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray with you as we close. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. And we thank you. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the ability to be encouraged. We thank you that your word is life and power to those who believe them, to those who find them, Lord. And God, you are seeking every single person on this planet out with your love. You are pursuing us. You are speaking to us. You are doing all that you can to reach us. And Lord, may we open our hearts May we seek to know the one true God in ways that we never thought possible. May we never arrive thinking that we know it all because pride comes before a fall. But may we just humbly come to you because you pour out grace upon grace over the humble Lord. And we thank you for that. God, you love us. And I pray that revelation would just manifest in so many hearts today that maybe have never heard that before. Or maybe they're hearing it in a new way. And if that's you today and you'd like to receive God into your life. You don't want him to just be with you on earth. You want him with with you, in you. And that's what the word says, that his spirit comes and he, it fills your spirit, which has been dead. It becomes alive in Christ and he's with you, he's in you, and it's a whole nother level of living and it's the way you were always intended to be is with him. You were never meant to be alone. And we'd love to lead you in that prayer all across this room. Would you just raise your hand if you want to pray that prayer of, of bringing God into your life? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Over on this side. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. God, you're so good. Thank you. If I missed your hand, he sees it. <laughs> He loves you. He knows where you're at. He always knows where you're at. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son. I believe that Jesus died for me to save me. 
I want to walk with you. I thank you that you are always with me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, welcome to the family of God.